Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Third and Twenty Dynasty Podcast. We have the full crew today. I'm JT, joined by Frank, Jake, and Lunas. Um, I just got a text from my mom asking if I just ordered something off Amazon for the draft stream, which will be happening in a few weeks, which I did. I did order that off Amazon. Um, so <laughs> uh, that kicks us off. Like an Amazon endorsement. <laughs> yeah, shout Amazon. They're sponsoring this. No, um, they're not. They're definitely not. <laughs> Jeff it's Bezos is in my pockets. Um, no, but we are only a couple weeks from the draft. But before that, I'm going to quick turn us right into the Odell signing with the Ravens. I don't think anyone really saw him this coming. He was scheduled to meet with the Jets um, this Monday, but the Ravens didn't want him to leave the, the facilities. That's what the reports say. And they offered him allegedly $15 million guaranteed. <laughs> With three Which, million incentives, I was gonna say yeah. I didn't see the contract coming. Never mind the team. Yeah, so obviously a desperate plea move by the Ravens to try and get OBJ on their team. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Lamar staying with the Ravens? OBJ gonna be good? He's washed. What do you think? Um. I, I guess it helps the chances of Lamar staying with the Ravens. Which I mean, it was already starting to seem that way. That like. It was gonna end that he was gonna end up returning. Um, I have no idea what his contract's gonna end up looking like. I know like stuff went online about how like they FaceTimed immediately after and like they went out together immediately after. So I don't know if Lamar partially did some recruiting with that. Um and cause then like some people were like, oh, would OBJ sign there if he knew Lamar wasn't gonna stay? I was like, oh, so they offered him like 15 million. I don't think a lot of teams were gonna offer him that much. So I guess it would say it helps. And then from there, my next question would be, do you think Odell or Bateman, when he when he's healthy, would be the number one receiver? Well, dude, you want to know all this is? This is just the classic. The Ravens are, they, they bring in Odell, which is them posting their Instagram story or their Snapchat story, knowing that their their recent ex is going to see it and be like, Oh, look at me. Look at this offense we have here with Bateman, Odell, now Mark Andrews, like hoping that oh, Lamar is like, oh, you know what? Maybe I got to go back. You know, maybe I'll rescind this trade request. That offense is looking pretty good. <laughs> I think that's this is a classic play. And, and they lied to Odell, but Odell's getting paid so much that it does not fucking matter, right? Like it just does not matter. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, they told Odell that Lamar would be the quarterback, and he expects Lamar to be the quarterback. But at the end of the day, I, I don't think he the. I think the money was too big for him to say no, regardless of who's playing quarterback. I think Lunas could be playing quarterback, and he would have taken the eighteen million dollars. Yeah, he can point. wipe his tears with those Benjis. All right, like <laughs> yeah, I think I think he'll be fine. Um, but overall, I mean, I think when healthy, Odell's the more talented receiver and if, if he is healthy he will be the number one receiver on this team doesn't matter he's a raven which means sell him very easy you're, you're selling him so what is what do you guys think the price well, tag is currently that you have to give up to you're pro- get I mean, late second i was gonna say like mid late like 208 ish my next question will be do you think if like that. do you think i wouldn't like, pay that either but it becomes official that lamar's coming back like I guess now people. Let's are assume to... Lamar is there. I think that's that's the betting. Thing, yeah, it's right? an assumption. I I'm not buying more into OBJ because this. I mean, at the end of the day, it's more like 
is he injured or is he not? Like, that's just going to be what it comes down to because, like, that knee, I think, got destroyed. Obviously, no one wanted to sign him going into the playoffs last year. Yeah. So it's just a question of did it heal enough and is he fully back? And to me, I just I'm, – I'm not going to want to bet on it at the price of, like, a 208 or 209 because with that draft pick, like, if OBJ performs, he's not going to all of a sudden go up to a first-round pick. But, like, if my 208 or 209, like, it's a shiny new toy, like, maybe he gets some camp pipe or whatever, I could flip him for higher value. I, I think in terms of looking for veteran production, uh, I think you could just get cheaper, similar production, you, even if OBJ is healthy on this Ravens offense. But where you get it, I mean, like, if OBJ is... For mid-second, I'd rather You could get like... Adam Thielen for cheaper... I'd rather yeah, but I don't think you're gonna get that production from Thielen. Brandon Cooks. Well, what production? What production? Brandon Cooks is a good one. What production Brandon are Cooks you putting for OBJ? Because it's just like this Ravens offense. I don't know. Is wide receiver. Wide receiver thirty. I, I, at the end of the day, there's not a huge difference between wide receiver thirty and wide receiver like fifty six. Like it's like a point or two a game. So I, I'm not paying up for outside of wide receiver two production. I suppose, I guess, the, I mean, the only scenario where it makes sense, like, obviously would be a contender. I don't think I would give up a mid-second for him. But a late second, I wouldn't hate. Okay, now what if, what if the deal is like, um, more like a 210 or a 211? You could just get a slightly more favorable draft pick. Does that move the needle enough? Not really. I I just have way too many concerns about that knee, and it's not like the Ravens are known for keeping their players healthy. Now, would you go ballsy? How about trading Odell for Rashad Penny? <laughs> just, just had a freak out. Just, <laughs> just had a freak out. Look, I would. How does it? It's like Baker Mayfield with with JT. How does he come into every episode? I swear. <laughs> I just want on the record, you brought Baker. Into it's, because, it's because it's because of me. I, I can bring him up Baker? all the time. Yeah, yeah I will. <laughs> um, all right, I want to get into Bateman though. So, uh, Bateman truthers, do you still value Bateman as a first round pick? Just late no, projected rando can't. first. No, you can't. But you guys aren't the Bateman truthers that he's talking to. Okay. No. <laughs> what about what about if you're doing what if you're what if you're doing a, a rando first for Bateman and a, and a random third? No. I, I would do. Ba if you're piquing my interest a little more here. I think you would have to be a first for a second swap. Yeah, uh, that seems point. pretty cheap. On if that's the price for Bateman, like if I only have to do a first or second swap to get Bateman, I'm not talking. Begin. You know the difference between one ten and two oh four. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, talking. Yeah. You know, almost like a full round swap. I'm assuming. Still, pretty cheap for Rashad Bateman. I'll think. Like I told, I told everyone at the start of um, the season this year, where I started to move off Bateman when I saw his route participation wasn't 100%, which you would expect from a starting wide receiver and one that was ranked in, like, the top 20. Um, his target percentage was decently high, not difference-making high, but he wasn't in playing every route. Now, it could have been injury-related, so maybe you can give him a pass. And if you're talking about the price of a first for second pick swap uh, just to get Rashad Bateman, then, then, yeah, I think I'd go in at that price. 
Where, where would you guys value Bateman at then? Like straight up, like one pick overall in terms. Yeah, of... sure. Just give me a draft pick. You place him in the draft. Is he above or below Hyatt? He's above Hyatt. Me. Below. Below slightly. Okay, so he's in that early mid-ish second. I yeah. don't know. I, I I feel like Bateman should not have. I don't really want to buy Bateman. I've never really been a Bateman guy. I feel like this is an overreaction to a one-year Odell signing. He's currently I 201 mean, on the keep trade cut. Like, but that's yes, probably 201 and going down, though. Yeah, he's, he's dipping below 201. I just think this is the the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, Bateman, like JT said, Bateman's production hasn't been great. His route participation hasn't been great. His, you know, honestly, this... Ravens team, you know how I feel about their passing game. Like they don't pass the ball enough to support that many offensive, you know, receiving options. And Mark Andrews is the clear number one there. And now you add throwing a guy like Odell that's going to demand targets. This is just not going to help his his value at all. And if we're just playing the straight value game, do I think Bateman will be worth more or less this time next year? I'm going to say it's going to be less. One thing yeah, I was going to say, this is kind of like, because I feel if he has another disappointing season, his value is going to kind of like completely tank. I feel like now is kind of the do or die time where like you can still get a pretty good return for him. In this terms is true. Of I'll give you like that. One thing I will say, though, no more Greg Roman at OC, which we could see a very different Ravens offense than what we've seen in the past. I think one of the big complaints and the reason he was eventually canned was not because of the Ravens' lack of offensive success, but just his unwillingness to kind of use the players that they invested a lot in, which Exhibit A would probably be Rashad Bateman. You know, like, okay, they they just didn't throw the ball enough with Lamar, even though they, they probably could have. I'm curious to see if that changes with, with that move. Um, it's definitely putting the the, the tinfoil speculation hat Who'd on. Would they hire? Would they hire? Does anyone remember off the top of their head? Uh, this isn't nope. uh, this isn't um, the guy from the Chargers. Who did the Ravens hire? Ravens offensive coordinator. Nope, it's popping up. Greg Roman. We know that's not Todd Mun. Yeah, Mun- Todd Munkin, the University of Georgia. Georgia. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, another guy that runs the ball five hundred times. That reaction was hilarious because we were all thinking it. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, "Oh no!" Yeah, they went from a guy that ran the ball four hundred times and didn't pass the ball to another guy that runs the ball four hundred times and doesn't pass the ball. Great. Is this like a the classic re-gift? It's just like, oh, you know, we got got this Christmas gift a couple years ago. Just don't like it. Never, never touched it. Oh, re-gift strat. Here you go. <laughs> it's it's like oh, that, where'd this come from? It's, you know, it's, a, it, it's like that Alex Jones meme. Remember how it's like him on one side and then 40 days later on the right and it's like completely identical pictures yeah <laughs> no it's literally it's the office meme with pam it's the same picture, same picture. <laughs> what's what's the rules with youtube on if we can play like clips and streams of other 
Like if I give you a Twitter clip of of Todd Munkin talking, I don't about what care. He wants to do like as long as it's not, right. I'll put I'm graphic putting, or anything. I, I would hope not. It's a press conference. I'm going to yeah. put it in the uh, the group chat. What Munkin was saying about. You're gonna um, make me figure out how to sign into Twitter on here? No, no, sorry. Uh, in the in the doc. Oh, huge! Yeah, put it in the doc. Yeah, yeah. So it's in, it's in the doc now, so you should be able to pull it up. Um, because uh, he he talks about his philosophy with uh, what he wants the offense to look like, and I think it's kind of contrary to what you guys are saying. I mean, maybe it's just some lip service, but. I mean, Listen, have you seen on a, on the Georgia serious... offense over the past three years? Like, yeah, but I, I had Stetson Bennett. Like, it's I not like you had a on a serious note, um, using, uh, like, completely buying into past offenses for, for what you think is going to happen, especially when the levels change, I right, from coming. college to NFL. It's it's kind of a bait because I did this with Najee Harris, um, his his rookie year, right? Like I went out, I looked at every single Matt Cannon offense, fucking charted out how much the running backs got the ball and whatnot, and didn't fucking matter because Najee Harris had an outlier season with with the amount of touches he got. So it's like, well, shit, what happened last night? Uh, all right, here's the clip. If you guys can't hear it in chat, I'm sorry. And the I'm focus on building chat, so an offense around yeah, the talent that you have. Not necessarily a one system type of, a, of an approach. That this is our system and we fit the players to the system, but a player driven approach that we're going to build a system around the players and around the, you know, around the personality of the team. I think the game's changed. I think um, the game has become more of a space game, using all 53 and a third yards and using the width and depth of the field, using space players and your skilled players. I think that's changed. Years ago, maybe it was inside zone and run duo downhill. Now it's utilizing um, athletic quarterbacks. The game has changed. The game has changed in terms of using their athleticism, using players' athleticism, what they, what they bring to the table. Um, because the game is about space. It's about being explosive. Well, how do you create explosives? Well, part of it is creating space. So that's probably the biggest thing is how do you find a way to incorporate that uh, into your offense? I think also being no huddle, some tempo, um, what that provides. That creates Because we were all no huddle. Players want to play in a game that spaces the field. I think when you go into an install meeting, all of your skilled players want to say, where are my opportunities coming? Where am I going to get a chance to touch the football and showcase my ability? And I think the more you're able to do that and utilize that, because to me, balance isn't run pass. Balance is make them cover all five of your guys, make them defend the field, make them defend you know, the depth of the field. So there's more spread. And the more spread you are and the more empty you are, it's more fun if your guy's athletic. He can get you out of trouble. Like, he can buy yards in the, the, uh, the Super Bowl. I think Mahomes had 40 yards, even with a bad ankle, and the other quarterback had 70. Well, that's hidden yardage. That's auxiliary yardage. Get so I will give you one thing. Um, that does sound like he's going to spread the field out, right? He, I mean, he kind of mm -hmm. explicitly said that. Um, and kind of try to use Lamar... It sounds like a lot more in the ad hoc running where um, I feel like we'd seen with the Ravens last year, Lamar's 
oh, I'm, I'm in the pure drop back game. I escape the pocket and run down the field really started to, to dwindle compared to most of his rushing production felt like it was from a lot of those designed runs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because I was not really complaining with Lamar's rushing production the past couple of seasons and in his overall production. But it's going to be interesting to see if maybe that we see some of those big runs that we saw more from earlier in his career rather than this consistent um, up the middles, right? Like, yeah. And, and designed runs. Yeah. I mean, if OBJ actually is OBJ and just not a washed version of his former self, like that could be a very dangerous Ravens offense where now you have to cover two solid wide receivers instead of just a Devin Duvernay streaking down the field kind of thing on top of Mark Andrews out there and potentially spacing out JK Dobbins. You could have a lot more opportunity for Lamar in one-on-one situations where he's able to run and beat the guy to the corner and, and, and pick up a bunch of chunk yardage. There's optimism. I'm not like Jake selling all the Ravens. I'm just not personally buying Odell right now. All right, let's get into what, uh, what Traven are you buying? Uh, I was just talking about Rashad Bateman if I could get him for that price. You I, said. Still, okay. I, still, I still like J.K. Dobbins. I, I get in on J.K. Dobbins, and I mean, I'm always trying to buy Lamar. We talked about him where he was in the startup draft earlier, um, last week's episode. I, I'm, you I'm buy in on Lamar. QB Tyler Hundley? No, I'm, I'm all set. No chance. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit more in on Odell given that price tag. I I, I just don't know about the longevity because I agree there probably are better buys if his price is that 207, 208. Nonetheless, he's still someone I'd probably be looking at. Yeah. Let's get into, we wanted to talk about late round startup strategies, picks, ideas, um, that sort of stuff. I don't know. Do you guys remember exactly where we picked up, uh, where we left off last time with the startup? Uh, we started to get more, it started to get more, I guess, um, convoluted, but I think the fifth round is where we, where we cut it. The we're getting, we got into the, no, we got it. We're getting into the six a little bit because we didn't really talk about, about like, Traylon and Debo. We didn't really talk about Pickens though, or I mean, listen, it. I can easily surmise the middle Split. of the draft. Um, yeah. I am probably just going to be value buying tight end. Um. And, and that's basically if one of the guys that I like just falls half around. Other than that, I'm probably just plucking as many of these receivers as I can. You know, yes, some yeah, context is needed team. because yeah. I agree with Lewis. I kind of like Dobbins. I, I like Javante. I mean, Swift's price seems a little a little weird, and I wouldn't be surprised if you get into a league where a lot of people fade him. He might be a dude that I'm interested in, but and the rookies. But other than that, it's like <clears> – I think basically every single mid-round quarterback is overpriced. Yep. Yes. I think a majority of the running backs are overpriced given the risk just compared to the receivers. I think all the receivers going by these running backs, a majority of them are just better. I like Dobbins in the seventh round. Other than Dobbins. Yeah, that one kind of did stick out to me. Swift in the sixth is interesting. I, I have no idea what truth is. I'm not having you, you can't. I don't I don't necessarily dislike him, but I'm just will probably let some I love the player, but like the yeah, situation that's the thing, I do think he's super talented, danger. 
then they just signed Montgomery. So I'm more so like, I'll just let someone else take him and then just do with whatever after. I don't know. I think that, that the community is getting a false sense of what DeAndre Swift is. DeAndre Swift was never going to be this I dominate a backfield type running back. I don't even want him to be an I dominate the backfield type running back. I mean, yeah, yeah but be amazing, he's not even but not he's happen. not even getting the touches you need him to get to be super relevant, though. That's the issue. And it's to combine that with his injury history, and he's just such an unreliable player that he makes him just so unvaluable. That's the issue here. I just think his like, receiving workload is too good. And it especially is. at but the it, end of the How last many receptions year, does he get a game? What's he getting? Four receptions a game? Five? Still going three rounds ahead of Montgomery. Like, to me, that's yes, not. Yes, I agree for... with you. I, I do agree with you because I'm not really in love with DeAndre Swift. But I think compared to almost every other running back, and especially because of the fact that I think a lot of people would agree with you. So. In my opinion, players like Hollywood, Ayuk, Terry McLaurin, probably Dobbins, and then getting into players like Dotson, basically any of the most of the draft picks that will be going consecutively, Deontay Johnson. Like I'm na- I've just named like six plus assets I think realistically go above DeAndre Swift. I mean, so now I, would I absolutely think- take Deon- uh, Deontay Johnson, who's going almost two rounds later. So I, I wouldn't mean, be surprised if you're sitting there 704, 705, and you see a Swift on the board still. I mean, then, yeah, sure, but, like, a full round later, like, you're talking about missing out on on, on guys like Dotson, Ridley, Hollywood, Der- even, like, a Derek Carr. I'm, I'm like, Derek Carr's nothing flashy, and he's not, like, one of these guys that's going to, make or break a team but if you have Derek Carr as your QB3 at this point like that's a very solid QB room you're talking about so like I think that's a bait dude I think Derek Carr is the ultimate bait I mean he's gonna be the starter for at least two years you think that until he sucks ass and then (laughs) it's like shit we're the Saints and we're looking for a QB again (laughs) well he has enough guaranteed money in those first two years that he's gonna be the quarterback for two years I'll give you credit. It's going to be fucking annoying to get rid of him, but yeah. <laughs> I i mean, listen, at, at the end of the day, I think my point may have been misconstrued. I was kind of trying to come at it from, yeah, I agree with you. Ayuk, Hollywood, Deontay, most of these other receivers, even Christian Kirk, I, I heavy considerations over Swift, but I think that that's the consensus take. You, you take all those dudes and the draft picks out of the equation now I'm starting to like Swift, but given the board that we're looking at, yes, yeah, smash receivers. Absolutely. The receivers, even down to, you know, the the 10th, 11th round, 13th round, whatever it is. You're talking about Tyler Lockett in the 11th round, Elijah Moore in the 11th yeah. round, Wandale in the 12th, Jacoby Myers in the 12th, like Michael I mean, Thomas. I know, like, Michael Thomas is hasn't played in two years basically but i I don't know him in the 13th just seems like a guy that could be interesting um i probably would stay away just because he's been so injured but even down to like 18th round isaiah hodgins like there's so many receivers on the board that you could fill up your receiver room with late in the draft that i'm just 
loading up on as many quarterbacks early as possibly can. Oh, see, I'm doing I'm doing the opposite of that. I mean, I agree with you in the very beginning of the draft with the quarterbacks. <clears throat> I I am honestly done with the whole like, oh, I need to fill up my roster type of stuff. Because in the middle of the draft, I'm just going to load up on receivers. And if I need a fucking quarterback, I'll trade for one with all of my. Right. But like, I don't know. Like, I've done it. I did it in, I think it's the second, third, and 20 league, or were they one of the third and 20 leagues? Where last year I took two middle round quarterbacks, and it was Jared Goff and Daniel Jones. Like, it definitely made my team much deeper to go. Obviously, I had, I think I had Mahomes as my quarterback one. So, like, obviously, I didn't need that much production for my quarterback, too. But, like, just to get two guys in the middle of the draft here that produced and I could trust to be my quarterback, too, any given week, filled out that that quarterback room. And that I could put that aside and get the depth receivers later on. Because like, you were telling me I can get Mike Evans in round 10. Dude, he's going to be, you know, what, at worst, wide receiver 15, wide receivers 18 worst like what's mike evans gonna be in the next two years i know he has no brady and whatever there's a big question mark but the dude all he's done ever done is put up a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns like every year so if you're telling me i know the age is a factor i know the quarterback plays a factor and that's all reason why a lot of these guys drop lower in the in these drafts but i'm gonna fill that out and then guess what next year when the rookie draft comes around i'm gonna take the best receiver on the board and then that's where i get the 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 um the the age the the younger guys uh, you know a little injection of some youth into my receiver room there but i'm totally fine if my wide receiver one ends up being you know mark hollywood brown and then i pick up a deontay and then i pick up a mike evans like that's a receiver room i'm fine with if my quarterback room is solid and i have one good running back just one good running back hollywood is still my favorite buy receiver right now Considering agent production is that price is that low. The, I just hate the eleventh round though. <laughs> looking at looking at the different rounds, round, it gets kind of ugly. Yeah, the ninth round looks pretty gross too. The ninth, ninth. I think I tenth. The ninth round. round, there's still guys that I kind of like. I think that round you can get good value on some veterans. Like I think David Montgomery and Aaron Jones, where they are, is good value. Um, and then you hope maybe someone like a Christian Kirk can slip into the ninth round. But I think in terms of the 11th round, like in terms of just some of these names, here's where I'll just kind of be taking waivers on younger players that haven't had like that huge value boost yet. Like I know they're listed in the 12th round here, but I'm looking at guys like, like Wandale Robinson. I think that's someone I'll draft in the 11th or like, if we want to get towards the 12th, there's guys like Alec Pierce and Rondale Moore. Um, I mean, like Brandon God Cooks Moore. in round 13 is just going to be old reliable. Oh, like Brandon games. Cooks. Oh, Brandon, I, I missed him. Yeah, Brandon Cooks at 13. I, I think he's being underrated in general. And going back to the Odell point, like if Odell and Brandon Cooks are the same price, I'm taking Odell. I mean, not Odell. I'm taking Brandon Cooks pretty easily. I'd expect him to be a little bit more expensive, but I think it's worth paying that little bit more because I think he's going to be productive in Dallas. Um, I think there's some solid running back value here towards this part of the draft. No, I think I think there still is some. Like you look at guys like uh, Elijah Mitchell, 
I think Antonio Gibson. Like, yeah, listen, yeah. I'm not the biggest Antonio oh, Gibson fan in the there. world, but his price he's has been so crazy. beaten to death in a backfield where he's going to see probably half the workload. You, you don't need, at this price, him to be a bell cow for this to really pan out. And I still think he's the best. Honestly, Kenny Gainwell in round 15. Gainwell, yeah. Game, the thing that was, <clears throat> even when we brought up Penny earlier, the thing that's making it so hard to judge with the Eagles running backs is... I, is I, if they draft Bijan, yeah, yeah. Not even know. Bijan, but or Jameer Gibbs at 30. Because they brought in both of those guys. Yeah, Gibbs would make Kane Gainwell basically obsolete. Oh, I mean, yes. They do the same thing. Yeah. Bijan, at least, you're like, okay, like... He we have, our, we have our three down back, but like maybe we could throw in Gainwell for some other reasons. Gibbs is kind of like you just drafted the guy to do the same thing. I mean, you could own, uh, you could take a bet right now on owning the Dolphins' backfield slash a rookie doesn't come in there and steal it. Where seventeenth, eighteenth round, you just want to own a backfield. Most certain, seventeenth round, yeah. yeah, just take them back to back. Yeah. Has Green Hunt gotten signed yet? No. <laughs> you see, I the would, uh, the, re the report about Kareem Hunt is not good. I would trade uh, what, like physically. Or like did something happen? Yeah, no, it was just the Browns being like he's clearly lost a step. Like he's not the player he was, <laughs> and they, like they, if the... the Browns are not like they don't really want to bring him back unless he takes like you know vet Excuse minimum or like whatever it is. Yeah, but that's dude, uh, that doesn't surprise me because the Browns are they're one of these teams that looks like that's going heavy analytics route. That's why Chubb was on the trade block earlier. I mean, yeah, you just gave him a fucking extension, I'm pretty sure. Like, no one's going to trade for a running back that you just gave the extension to. Um, so, yeah, no, no shot they're bringing back Kareem Hunt. Yeah. They're going to go – they're going to be the classic, we're going to draft a running back in the middle of the draft merchants. And I'm not saying I disagree with them, but that's just the way that they're going. I'm surprised Jarek McKinnon is as low as he is. I mean, he's Jack not on a team right now. He yeah, but old, I, feel, I feel like you kind of just know that he's going to come back to Kansas City I'm, in a minute. And I'm then, just looking at the board, though. He ended last season like Jamal great. Williams, 1301. Eh. I'm just looking at the board, though. I think I would treat any single player in the 11th round, hot take, hot take JT out here. I think I would trade other than maybe Khalil Herbert. I would trade any player in the 11th round. For any of those running backs in the 14th round. I don't disagree. Oh, Maybe. <laughs> no, sorry. I was just looking at it. Is it the same? Zeke is an interesting one. Um, I, I don't, don't disagree with you. There's yeah, a clear, huge tier gap between round 10 and round 11. There is. Yeah. And well, it's literally yeah. on the fucking pick. Like, aside from the draft picks that are all clearly undervalued. Yeah. I think that's yeah. actually really interesting to keep in mind with any trades, like whether you're trading back or moving up, like kind of treating the end of round 10 as a cutoff in terms of you just know there's going to be a big value drop. Um, Cause yeah, after that, like, it's what I said, I'd probably be taking waivers on some of these young guys. Like, I love Wondell Robinson in the 12th. Um, Sky Moore still there. Antonio Gibson. If you're kind of going for win. How is Terrace Marshall still have 17th round value? Eternal optimism. 
my guy. See, one, one thing I'm curious about is because let, if I'm following the strat where I'm hammering receivers in the middle of the draft, trying to just scoop up as many as possible, what if in this 12th round, what about these tight ends or just the tight ends 12th round and beyond? Because, yeah, they're not the sexiest plays, but all these dudes are pretty young. So I think one of them is just not like the other two. Which one? Who? Well, I don't know which one he's about to say. I think Trey McBride is significantly better than Oconquo oh. and Knox. I agree. I'd have him. But nonetheless, like you can get solid production potentially out of the following tight ends: Mike Gesicki, Isaiah Likely, Gerald Everett. Uh, obviously, there's the really did Gesicki sign somewhere? He's with the Patriots. He's with the Patriots. <laughs> oh, I hate that. Yeah, it's a weird. Yeah, him there's the him. really. I think Kate Otten is pretty darn undervalued there at the middle yeah. of the 17th round for a rookie tight end. You just put up 500 yards. That's pretty good. You can go high Hon- risk with Woods or Ferguson. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Isaiah Hayden like Hurst. There. Unless you guys are out on Isaiah like that. I'm out. Oh, dude, you're taking the cock, Hayden Hurst. <laughs> I might. That's such a In tough 19th nickname. round. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, listen, if the if the team that he's on, the Panthers, right, if they don't draft a highly valued or acquire a highly valued tight end in the next two years, he I'll remove the title. But until then, <laughs> wherever he goes, the Bengals are about to do it. They're about to bring in a nasty fucking tight end. You know it's gonna happen. Like it's they gonna, already it's did. The they already prophecy. brought in a nasty tight end. What are you talking oh, about? Oh yeah, Smith? get out of fucking town. You're Irv Smith. Irv <laughs> Smith. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's like if draft prop, ready? Draft prop number one, third and twenty, coming right at you. The Bengals to pick whatever fucking tight end. Just go down the list of the top tight ends. Bengals, Bengals, Bengals. Like that, you got to get it halfway decent odds with that exact pick. Do you guys still still think that? Like, how many tight ends do you guys think is still going first round? There was a point like a month or two ago where people were thinking like it could be three or four. But now I'm thinking like it's maybe one. See, what fucked with me is that Daniel Jeremiah, and I don't know if there were other people as well, were like, oh, Dalton Kincaid, top 10 pick coming at you. (laughs) And then it's just like, okay, well, this guy has watched way more film than me. So, like, what the fuck is going on? Now it's like, oh, he's back in the late first. But what the hell's happening? I feel like, I I don't know if it's just with me. I feel like generally like when you look at the top draft guys like maybe there's like slightly different ordering on where guys go but if you generally have a consensus of like a draft pick range of where you expect players to be picked i feel like this year especially for like skill players like receivers tight ends qbs running backs it's like a wider like gap and variation between a lot of the top draft guys yeah i mean i think there's or, not like at least that it's clear... changing so much week to week there's not a, like obviously there's running back there's a clear top guy but you know tight end and wide receiver there have been five guys listed as the number one at their yeah, own position yeah and, and then so, like, like i see i see like one mock where it's like four receivers in the first and then like you see another one like oh jsn's going to be the only one in the first and then it's just, i mean it's like, i've also seen news i don't know i don't really buy it that like nfl teams aren't as enamored by jsn as the media is and like yeah. I don't know how much I buy it, but like it just weird to me it's that been, like a guy yeah, that like has so clearly dominated here. college football for the past two and a half years and 
put up all the numbers you want to see at the combine and pro day and looks healthy and all this and that and he's still just not getting any love from from nfl teams and then you guys and then you get a guy like jalen hyatt and you go he's fast (laughs) and everyone's like oh top 10 pick it's it's just like the nfl really i don't know where they're going and i just think this year there's like you're saying there's gonna be a lot of surprises especially on the offensive side of football super unpredictable where a lot of these skill guys go so i i just went through like four or five mock drafts while you guys were talking about that and the max i've seen is four tight ends going in the first round but most of them have two some have three and it's consistently michael meyer and dalton kincaid going in the first and then sometimes darnell washington is sprinkled in there and then this one the fourth one was luke musgrave listen i love darnell washington i I don't think he's going to be a first round pick simply because I just don't think he checks that polish button that a lot of the other first round picks have. And that's to me, what separates him. Like, cause I'm not sure that Meyer or Kincaid is a lock for first round. Either. That's just what everyone has been mocking, but they just have that polish where it's like, they can come in day one and produce at tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just not sure that that, I think that Washington to me would be like an early second type of player i agree i'd probably do see him second i think kincaid is the one guy i'd understand going ahead of him but i don't know i think there is something to be said especially if you're picking in that late first of taking a player that can immediately produce and it's not like a, oh yeah we're gonna keep him hanging around for three years uh, not saying yeah. that that's what i would do in their shoes but that is probably a factor that they're considering if you're a contender well, especially with the difference between rookie contracts and the extensions, like you, you want those guys to produce early to maximize maximize their value. So I get it, but I'd rather Darnell Washington still than the likes of a Luke Musgrave. So last point on like this tenth through fifteenth round, or I guess last points. If you guys want to bring up anything else, <clears throat> I just tend to lean because once again, I think the receivers around here aren't horrible it's definitely a tear down but i do like a lot of the veteran receivers going around here this is an area of the draft where you can be getting wide receiver two level production for astronomically cheap you know you take your brandon cooks your um michael thomas potentially um dj chark the you know Odell Tyler Boyd these non sexy picks of players that have consistently shown that they can produce. I feel like this is a great way in your drafts you land one or two of these dudes to just give your team a floor. And I think that these types of players are almost must drafts if you are taking those other win now players earlier in the draft. The players like the Aaron Joneses or a Derrick Henry's of the world, right? Like you, then you need to be scooping these motherfuckers up. Yeah. I mean, I love Tyler Boyd. I just think he's a great depth wide receiver around 16. Uh, Curtis Samuel round 18. Another good one. I even like Tim Patrick in round 21. I was looking at honest. Before we drop that far, before we drop that far, do you want to drop that far now? I was just talking about, you you know, some veteran wide receivers that, 
I see later in drafts that I think are, you know, good values. And because really what I was thinking of talking about is because I think after the 15th round, at that point, you're just taking anyone that you think can be good, right? Yeah. I was just thinking, okay, we could just shoot some names out of players that we're going to say 16th round and beyond. They're just draftable price, right? Like you would just draft them in the 16th. Um, okay. So we could just start going through players or like the one of the couple rounds after. Um, let me let me make this thing bigger. Hold on. Get some more rounds in here. Fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Okay, here we go. I've got a big group of players. All right, first one I'm interested in for a couple names that I want to get the poll on. Mm-hmm. A, are you giving up on David Bell at that 21st round pick startup price? Is he too roster cloggy? Similar thing with Justin Ross, a guy that a lot of people picked up last year hoping he'd, he'd come around. He's the one that <clears throat> he, he was the first one that popped off to me where I'm in on Justin Ross simply because all those other receivers around him, I know what they are. Like, I know Greg Dorch isn't going to do much for me. I know Robert Woods is washed. I know Mark Valdez scantling's washed. Nicole Hardman, I know what he is. Uh, so, you know, like all these guys, I, I know what they are. I don't know what Justin Ross is. So I'm willing to take the gamble in the hopes that, like, is he, he, he going to pop off. Is he going to play next season? I don't know if it's been determined. I mean, he was automatically out for the season once they put him on the uh, uh, yeah. PUP last year. Uh, it looks like he's he's catching passes from Mahomes in Texas right now with uh, Trey Lance down there too. Uh, so there's at least already some hype building up for Justin Ross. I will say around team. here, once again, there are some pretty decent tight ends. Uh, I think, they, like, unironically, I think I'd take a shot on Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to mention it also. I honestly think I would. I, I'm not, you, I'm wait, not out on Albert O in the middle of the 22nd. I was going to say you'd rather Taysom Hill than Albert O and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, no, but Albert O, yeah. I'm surprised Hunter Henry is that low. Yeah, but are the stars going to align? Is, is Taysom Hill going to end up with Sean Payton and then, you know, you halfway through the season replace know, Russell Wilson as quarterback? What the Saints, what the Saints <laughs> like he gets a lot of like goal line touchdowns because before it's just Kamara, but you signed Jamal Williams, who's like quite literally you could argue the best in the league at that right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's gonna be in Denver. Let's be honest. <laughs> I think Hunter Henry is a fantastic pickup, especially yeah, as, like, like if, if you're picking him up as your tight end three. Tight end two, even. I mean, they did just sign Gasecki. I don't know. It, the Patriots are. I'm weird. not concerned about. I I think I think Hunter is a weird better. signing. Yeah, he's once one is round fifteen, one is round twenty-two. Yeah, I'd, I'd bet Hunter Henry outproduces Kasiki. So someone really? that I would be potentially interesting yeah. in picking up is Hassan Haskins, simply because of all the other running backs around here, other than maybe Cordero Patterson. Um. He, I feel like he just has the highest level of if the guy in front of him gets hurt, he's going to play value. Uh, 
I know he's not your guy, but the guy right next to him, Jerome Ford, if what we're hearing about Kareem Hunt is true, if yeah, if the Browns don't draft a running back, which I mean, same thing with the Titans, like you gotta consider it. If the Browns don't draft it, he he's the next guy up behind Nick Chubb. Do you ever think about Gus Edwards, especially considering Dobbins' injury history? Yeah, I would take that on Gus Edwards. I think the Ravens draft a back. That would just a problem. All these teams can draft a back. Yeah, I think all these teams draft a back. Yeah, I mean, like at this point in the the offseason, like we're talking about, you know, second and third string running backs right now. Yeah, they can all be replaced. Yeah, that is all just how the league yeah, works. The, the fact of the matter is, though, as well, is that I think that compared to a lot of these receivers as well, even though the team drafts a running back, let's say they draft a guy in the fifth round, there's a very realistic chance that the veteran is the one who plays, which is not sure. something that no, us I, dynasty I people like to admit. But I also think... You're gonna see, depending on on the money aspect, like oh. some of these veterans get the cap casualty. Well, especially right issue. because apparently the Titans are potentially interested in shopping yeah. Henry and just going yeah. complete vibe switch. Not completely surprising. It's just like I kind of like that Titans team. They were almost like the outlier team compared to everyone else. No, I saw a ridiculous back. stat about the Titans. I think it was on Twitter. I forgot who it was. But the Titans this season, I think about 60% of their cap is Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Two guys, 60% of their Was that cap. before they just extended, um, what's his face? Defensive tackle. I'm yeah, before, that was before that. Yeah. That was before that. So I, I they're in a very awkward cap situation here where their quarterback is very mid and overpaid and their running back is very good but now injuries and age and overpaid so they're going to have to make a couple tough roster decisions here and i i've i don't know where they're going to go with this i I, it seems like the reports are that they're done with malik willis seems like they're going to stick with Tannehill, but at this price it's a very um precarious cap situation and i would expect them to just cut almost anybody else who makes any money not named henry Tannehill or simmons because they just can't pay anybody else there's just no way yeah i think they're one of those teams that's like sneaky close to just completely blowing it up oh i think they yeah i wouldn't be shocked I think I, the I problem think... is is that they just can't get much for any of their so assets. You can get... No, I, I mean, they're no, paid too that... much. No, I don't think you, you want to get anything. rid of those defensive players as a rebuilding team. It's just offensively you need to overhaul, right, and fit the modern NFL. That's what probably everyone thinks. Yeah. And, like, who's who's given the bag for Henry? Who's given the bag for Tannehill? It's just not happening. No. You can't. What, are you going to pay a running back $20 million? Good luck. Good luck. And, like, yeah, if you cut him, teams will pick him up, but you don't really want to cut him because they're good enough to play on your team. Um. All right, let's just get into it. Uh, lastly, any other, oh, I'm going to draft this dude at the end of my startup type guys. I think probably DeAndre Hardy I would probably try and draft. I'm not I'm gonna giving up with... on him. I'm going to actually go with a guy on the Titans because I think he'll just be around, and that's Kyle Phillips. I just think he's a guy that's going to be there 
Yeah. Um, I know they signed Robert with uh not Robert. Who they signed? They signed somebody. No, they cut Robert Woods. Sorry. So they're gonna have Traylon Kyle Phillips. That's that's it. That's all they got. I mean, I expect them to add someone in the draft, but I just think he's a guy that's gonna be playing the slot for them realistically. I think for the bottom two rounds, like I don't hate guys like um Kendrick Bourne and Sterling Shepard. Shepard's just the uh, the he's talking about being like the Udonis Haslam of of the NFL, <laughs> just there. I <laughs> know, but I mean, look at look at the guys that are like here in the bottom two rounds. No, I agree. I think it is way too low, and and he should. Be I guess higher maybe, ADP, but like maybe Colt McCoy if Kyler's gonna miss half the season. Yeah, that's an interesting um, one. You I mean, honestly. Like Davis Mills, like you, you know he's finished. Like there's no none of these quarterbacks that I'm really gonna touch. I mean, I, I was guess, gonna like, say I feel like all things considered that um, you might be able to get like Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, Jameis Winston, and even I'm not sure about Matt Corral, but even an Andy Dalton all just cheap for guys like you these guys are going to play again more likely than not that they see snaps in the league again yeah but i mean I like mean, if you're talking about guys that you expect to see snaps i mean uh, mitch trubisky maybe um colt mccoy i think Brissett's right. just far better value than any of these players but i also think that he yeah, goes but, way above this because he's a starter yeah. right now What's the threshold for see some snaps? Are, are we talking like a game or two? Or are we talking half a season? Like, where's Trubisky I mean, now again? Well, you have, dude. So, I mean, it's listen, I just think they get in the game, but you have to remember with Zach Wilson, Davis Mills, um, even Jameis, if they come into a game and play well, that could be a huge value jump for not only dynasty, but for teams, right? And like, oh shit, we might want to sign this guy to a bridge quarterback spot. And it's like, he then all of a sudden they're back in the game. They have at least a shot. I mean, both Zach Wilson and um, Davis Mills, like, yeah, their stocks are incredibly down from where they were, but it's not like they haven't had at least some success at parts of their career. They've had good games. They've had, like, they've shown they can at least play. It's just with no consistency. I think the problem with banking on those guys to be stopgap quarterbacks and, and, and bridge quarterbacks is you have the guys up closer to the top that I think are going to get replaced as more and more draft classes come in that are more likely to be those guys, like a Jared Goff, like a mm-hmm. – I'm not going to throw Kenny Pickett under the table yet. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Ritter, I Ritter might not be, but Tannehill, yeah, Carr, yeah, Garoppolo, obviously, um, Gino, potentially, like these guys could get in the next couple years get replaced and have those stop gaps, which make the players like Zach Wilson, Jameis Winston, Kyle Trask obsolete. Okay, I will say, looking at this, Zach Wilson is going too high. Like Davis Mills, I'm willing to to draft in the 22nd round. The, and the most of the problem is, is that not because I still like Zach Wilson. I can't trade him. The, yeah. the other assets going around him, I can at least move for a third. Yeah, like I at least have a fucking prayer. Curtis Samuel, I could get a third for. Isaiah Hodgins, I've seen him traded a bunch of my leagues for a third. Tyquan Thornton, 
comes out week one, scores a touchdown, boom, I'm trading for a third. Zach Wilson, you draft, you'd be lucky if you get someone's full fab I, I, for him. <laughs> I think I think the next big job is Wrong. coming when the Rogers trade happens. I think the only reason he's even above the 20th, 21st round is because it hasn't happened yet. Even though the Jets GM is out here at like shows saying that it's like a lock that Rogers is going to be a Jet. Great I would love for him to not be. I think great, it would be so funny. Great negotiation tactic. Um, so any other late round startup? I oh, dude, I am targeting this guy. Hmm. Well, besides the guys that I said, um, I mean, I, I think know. JT touched on it, and this is not really super late, but like a lot of the veteran running backs, because like I've I've said it before, but like the whole hero RB strategy, where you have your one running back. And you just fill in the next with matchup based running, you know, veteran running backs. Like I'm looking at the Washington backfield with Brian Robinson in the 11th, Antonio Gibson in the 12th. I'm looking at Alexander Madison in the 13th with Dalvin Cook, another year older, another injury away from being nothing. You know, even guys like Damian Harris, who's now in Buffalo, right? Kareem Hunt, I know he's not on a team, but I, I will still draft Kareem Hunt in the 15th round. Like, there's just so many, even, like, if you go to a Mostert or a Cordero Patterson, like, these guys are going to score points, and, like, they're being drafted around guys that are more or less roster cloggers. I understand the age. I understand they're not long-term assets, and you won't be able to really trade them for much. But it's something to put up points immediately out of a, a startup draft, and I think that just goes undervalued sometimes. I, I agree with that. And then especially like if you are like kind of what I've been reading and what you guys have been reiterating, drafting those receivers heavy early because they're just probably better bets than the running backs and quarterbacks and tight ends around them. Then you just come in here at the back half of the draft, stack those those running backs in good situations that are underpriced, and then when you get to this back half, the more I'm looking at it, just stacking RB threes that are in the mix. I, I think it's, they're probably just a better bet. Even though these receivers like the Justin Rosses and the David Bells, like they may have a slightly higher percentage chance of hitting. They may have more upside and they have a better name value. Fact of the matter is, is that they, they're, they're just going to clog my fucking roster and them actually making it into my starting lineup, the chance is really slim. It's like a very fine line between, because I think it's always dependent. If I think like Rondell Moore or Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel is probably a better example, is not to me a roster clogger. Michael Gallup, I don't believe is a roster clogger, but no, I, I like mean, other people are going to think that they potentially are, probably Gallup more than, than Curtis Samuel. So, yeah, if you think that that receiver, that Tim Patrick, legitimately has upside to play, I'm not going to fault you for picking him, but it's probably just error on the side of the non-name brand RB3 that can get in the mix. It's probably just more likely. All right. Let's get into point. some trades we're doing really quickly. So I wanted to go over. I got a couple offers. Um Two tight end, tight end premium league. I got offered 101 for Kyle Pitts. 
Is that good enough? Two tight end league, you got offered 101 for Pitts. Two tight end, tight end premium. I gave up the house for Pitts, too. I gave up a shit ton for him. I'd rather I think I'm keeping Pitts. Dude, it's just so tough to trade him. Yeah, if, but listen, if you can get, I think you might be able to squeeze this guy, if especially in a two tight end league. If you're gonna say, okay, I'll take one hundred one, I'll take Bijan, but I want more. Like, what's he gonna say? No, he clearly was is ready to offer you the house. Just see how far you could push it. <sighs> yeah, my team, I agree. I, I don't. Th- I don't think straight up in a two tight end league the value is there for any running back. Let I know Bijan's running back one, like, but like tight end field is like it's, if you knowing you, you probably have like fifteen tight ends on that. No, team. I have like no tight ends on this team. Then you really can't trade pets. <laughs> it makes it much sense. tougher, but I would I, I would see if you could squeeze them, but. I mean, I he also offered me 101 and Trey Lance for Mahomes, but I think that's a relatively easy decline. Yeah. Um, I think I think the only way you can afford to trade Pitts is like if they're giving you back still a pretty good tight end, and then plus some to make up the difference. Yeah, I might be able to pick up a good tight end in the deal, like at cost, or I might be able to pick up an Njoku at a favorable because the 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 only problem if you're interested in joining a two tight end league. This is not like a, oh, it's great. Tight ends are now accurately valued. It's like, this sucks. No one wants to give up their tight ends unless you pay a first for them. Like, it's yeah. annoying as shit. This is not fun. <laughs> no, that's, I'd be so interested to see. Can you post it on when the rookie draft for that is? I'm so interested to see like where some of the tight ends go in a rookie draft for that kind of league. Right, and it's it's making it. I mean, I stacked a couple like third round picks. I'm I'm interested to see like what happens with those picks if rando tight ends start going around there, or if it's like people don't give a shit about other than the blue chip guys. Um, I also got offered Dar- Darno Mooney for two oh seven. I know you guys are all gonna say decline. <laughs> What would it take yeah, to make that deal work? Did I get a late third round? Is this in the two tight end premium league? Yeah. In that league, I I might say yes. Because a lot of those tight ends are going to go like... What, are you giving up Mooney or getting Mooney? I'm getting Mooney. Oh, oh no, then I'd keep 207 in the team. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, honestly, I, I might just do it. Because at the end of the day, I mean... DJ Moore is going to take all the attention on that team, and it's going to leave Mooney to not be schemed against, which is like the first time that he's not the number one passing option on this team. I think I can get something on top of 207, though. I think I'm leaving a little meat on the bone. Well, because you got to realize but, uh, in that kind like, of league format, like with how you're not going to. The thing is, though, like none of the like in a traditional league, like yeah, that's the the I'm going to take a tight end pick, but like. In a two tight end league, they're not going to be there. So I don't know, dude. Just, you look at because then you're pushing potentially whoever like RB six or five is, at, or one of those good receivers. Because there's only so many players, right? You got four quarterback. Let's say guaranteed three. The top three tight ends go. So now we're at yeah. seven. Um, five receivers. That's twelve, and then five running backs. We're at two o five. 
now we have Musgrave and then RB6 or wide receiver 6. Or QB5 if Hendon Hooker goes in the first round. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to go first, but it seems like he'll probably be a second round pick. So, he was actually the name I was thinking of. Like I could see Tennessee drafting him in the second round. How many receivers are there? Quen Johnston, Addison, mm-hmm. JSN, Downs, um, Flowers, Hyatt. Hyatt. So there's six already. So let's assume Marvin Hyatt Man. goes in that group as well. So RB6 and Musgrave is then at 206. Marvin Mims, I think, is there. Oh, too. and Marvin Mims. I I, I kind of like Marvin Mims. Yeah, give me give me the the player over Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I'm gonna decline that. That's a pretty easy decline. All right, so what on top of one on one would it take for me to trade Kyle Pitts? Like, what if I got a mid second? That worth? I, I just find no, it I so kind of just like because, Kyle Pitts. Too, right? Like, I have Mahomes and Pitts. I just have my a QB one and TE one spot. Which it's almost like now super flex for fucking tight ends. Like I just have it figured out. Yeah, I mean in a super flex, like tight end two two tight end league. Kyle Pitts is pushing he's in the first round for me for sure. Yeah. I'm just wondering like where in that first round he is. Like I'd have him over No, would I? I'm debating if I'd have him over Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Like that's that's about where I have. He'd be in that tier with those guys. Whereas Bijan would be stop. like a little Just bit after. Stop. The guy. If, if if Kyle Pitts is who I think he is, he's giving you such a difference making ability over any any of those players. Uh, dude, I but he's not. Trade him. I just. But he's not. I don't want to go in at one hundred and one. I would want to trade back from one hundred and one to pick up a QB. I was gonna say yeah. I'd be interested to see like when you mentioned the one hundred and one in the mid second. Like what you could get for one on one. I just don't want to have to deal with trading one on one. That's gonna be fucking annoying. I'd rather deal with trading Kyle Pitts. I feel like Kyle Pitts, I'd fetch a higher price than than one on one. Probably, but it depends on what you get on top of one on one for Pitts, also. So yeah, I don't know. It's a really um, annoying scenario. Oh, it's a horrible, you know. Because that league, see, the other thing I wanted to talk about, I've got some third-round picks. Like, I don't know who the fuck to try and trade for for a veteran-type player. I feel like no one values third-round picks but me, so I can't get anyone that's not completely fucking washed. I'm Thielen. See, I feel like Thielen is completely washed. Oh, hater. You want him in the home league? I'll give him to you right now. Give me a third. I, I just don't have any spots for him. I, I actively have to cut players. But, all right, you guys got any trades you're doing? Thinking of doing? The stuff that I'm looking at doing is kind of bargain buying, you know, back end QBs. Like, I, what, like, my issue though is like the price is still so high. For a guy like Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, yeah, I'm never or someone like that, that it just doesn't make it worth it because like everyone that has them is like, oh, the price is a late first, and I'm like, no, like I'm not giving you one ten for Kirk, a 34 year old Kirk Cousins. I'm not giving you one ten for a 32 year old guy that just got cut by the Raiders. Like, not gonna happen. No. So, would like, you rather and, those guys or Will Levis? 
Right. I'm going to take Levis every time just because oh, the upside of Levis right. is so much higher. Yeah, same. Oh, you two are um, I'm not even guys. a Levis guy. Oh, like, this is not a Levis guy, but Juan Clevis over those, those guys. Yeah, so, like, it just makes it hard, but then you get into the realm of, like, well, those guys, like, sure, I'll give you a player, but I'm not going to give you, like, I'm not going to give up a, you know, a Christian Watson for a Derek for one of those guys. I'm not going to give up a, uh, who's another one of these young guys that people are, like, polarizing young guys. I don't know, Michael like Michael Pittman had a bad year last year. Like I'm not going to give up any of those guys for for a bat, you know, a back end QB2 or mid QB2. Like it just makes it so hard to acquire these guys. I don't like Deontay Johnson. Like am I going to give up Deontay for those guys? Don't really want to. But like no, I agree what, with you. I'd rather go the tier lower and give up the late second, early thirds. Or I was gonna say, I think I think the move there is to pivot to like the lower tier of QBs where you can get like yeah. But who is the lower or, tier? Or the thing is, though, them. the the actual move is waiting for a QB to enter the market and then going and paying the price it takes to get them. It's it's listen. It's you're gonna have to give up your Watsons and whatnot, but yeah, but if that's you get fine. a good young pay. quarterback, then right. If they, if I don't mind giving up those guys for the the quarterbacks actually valued there, it's just when people are like, oh, he's worth a late first, and then you go, okay, Christian Watson's worth a late first. I'm never gonna give you him for for that guy. Like so, yeah. it just makes it tough to actually grab any of these these back end QBs when. Like, sure, yeah, I mean, I would, like, the problem is if you go a tier lower, right? Oh, who easy. Are you talking about? Give me, give You're me talking Matt Stafford. About Matt Stafford? Yeah, I think he can easily score just as many points as Kirk Cousins or Jordan Love or whoever the yeah, fuck no, is Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't mind that move, but, like, what's the price on a Matt Stafford right now? Sure as shit better be cheaper than those guys. It's I mean, listen. If, it is. It's still going to be a mid-second. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you're going to have to give up something because it's starting quarterbacks in the league. There's only so many. And I'd just rather give up a mid-second for Stafford. I might even be able to get a little smidge on the back end than give up like, – because I agree with you. I don't want to give up my first for, for Derek Carr. I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better buy than Derek Carr. What the, what's the price of Jimmy G? Because it's I, gonna be the dude, same I really it's don't gonna... think that Jimmy G is going to have that much worse of a year than Derek Carr. No, I don't I actually either. think that they're in I, the I range either. of outcomes, right? If we if we look at Lunas's hair, which looks like the graph of range of outcomes, right? Um, they could be all over the place. I think a lot of those end up with with Jimmy G having a better year than Derek Carr. I think that's true, but I, I mean, like at the end of the day, that's the issue here is that since there's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, these guys go at a premium, and everyone knows it. But the problem is, like, there's. Are just... you sure about that, Parker? Because when someone, when you start looking at the draft board and someone offers your ass 206 for Matt Stafford, and you see the players on that draft board that are there, I think you're going to start heavily considering who taking the 206. Because we just went through this exercise, especially like if you, if you're the more that these tight ends are valued, I mean, you're potentially talking about a Jalen Hyatt. If I had Stafford, I'm trading him for 206 right now. I just don't even know if he's going to be a starting quarterback the whole season. Right, That's and that's the issue with, like, giving up the 206. And I made a face when, like, I said it. But, like, giving up a mid-second for Stafford feels 
bad, especially when you're going to see the the pick. Well, that that's why there's the like you're giving up a guy that could that could potentially be, you know, the Darnell Washington pick at the end of the day. Like if that's if I'm giving up a guy that I think could be a future tight end one for a 35 year old noodle armed quarterback, like what am I what am I doing? Yeah, I mean, listen, it feels bad trading for any of those dudes, and it's and the trade's going to look bad on paper, but once again, if you ask me, w- would I rather do that? Like, if I'm looking to contend and buy the quarterback, I'm going to have to make a move where I get someone that I think can at least score points. I think that Matt Stafford, it, when you unwrap everything, you get a better Russell Wilson. I, I Like, listen, I love Russell Wilson for so long, but he looked horrible last year. To the yeah. point where I am really questioning what the fuck he's going to do next year. Like, I have no idea. You um, can always even also, like, tier, go a tier lower and, like, could go someone like a Brissette. It depends, like, if you're more so viewing the QB2 as, like, a short-term or a long-term thing. Uh, Jake, you're on Yeah, Jake, you're mute. But you could be patient, too. You don't have to win the championship in the offseason. You, you could chill out. I'm not trying to win the the, the thing in the offseason. I'm just trying to build a roster that, I, you know, where I, I'm comfortable with my quarterback room. And I, I was just putting some feelers out and seeing what these, you know, lesser quarterbacks are going for. And then to me, it just struck a nerve where it's just like everyone's worth a, a late first. And that's the syndrome that happens. You see it all the time where it's just yeah. like, well, everyone's worth a late first. Well, at some point, someone's not. So you want to know what the real play is for you? You want to know what the real play is? You don't buy a quarterback, and for the beginning of the season, you just put whatever your highest-scoring player or, or non-quarterback in your Superflex spot. And then when teams get knocked out and go out of the running and start selling their assets for draft picks, that QB that was worth a late first all of a sudden starts getting dealt for with second-round picks, right? Because they, they lose all the leverage. Right now, everyone's got a chance unless you're a clear tanker and at the same time, the draft picks are, I don't know, you just hold the draft picks now. Hold the fucking draft picks. I mean, the other option is just, fucking guys. you know, take a, take a quarterback in, in the rookie draft, but, you know, it won't be, I don't Yeah, that's I a high-risk play. Like, taking a rookie, a, a QB in the rookie draft because you have a need at QB is like, especially with the, when we're talking second-round picks. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I, I mean, I was really talking. If I if I'm gonna take one in the in the the, the draft, I would take one in the first. I mean, it probably would be just based on the teams I'm talking about. A later first round pick right. it would probably be like okay. a 110, and we're looking at you know Levis or um, probably Levis realistically. Yeah. So, see, to me though, like, do you do you honestly like Will Levis? Do you want to draft him at 110? I don't mind him at ten. No, that I don't. That I would take him at fine, ten, especially if he gets the draft capital that people are expecting. Yeah, to it's get. Pe- obviously yeah, pending draft capital, but assuming all the mocks are semi-accurate and he's a you know at least a top fifteen pick, I'm comfortable with him at, at one ten for sure. But I, I would be. I, I think he might drop out. I've been seeing him dropping now, and it's going to be weird because. A team like the Colts, if the draft goes QB, 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 I don't think they take Levis at four. Maybe they trade back, but now you're playing a, a risky game. Like, what do the Titans do? The Titans take Levis? Ah, it's... 
I think Levis gets taken in the top ten. I don't agree with it, but I think he's there. Same. I think he goes. There's no there. way you can find man was QB six year before last. I mean, we, we could pull up the trades. I I, I think that you're underrating two oh six. Um. Where do I go to find the trades for a player? History pick, player, no, 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 trades. Stafford, Gus Edwards, Chase Edmonds, Marvin Jones for Jared Goff. Stafford and his 24 second for Lance. These trades are weird. Stafford for Love straight up. That's Stafford in a second for Lance, excuse me. Is there Free just Trey like Trey Lance working out with Patrick Mahomes, the boot, the the boost? Oh, Tyree Kill said he's gonna retire in a couple of years. I was talking oh, yeah, about we didn't talk Tyree about Kill that. last week. Oh yeah. This um, is just Stafford for 23 seconds straight up. I don't know what which pick it is. Stafford uh, for 210 and 311. That was a week ago. A week and a half ago, Stafford for Geno yeah. Smith and a fourth. Stafford's available for two six. I wouldn't trade two six for Stafford. If I trade him away for two, maybe not every league, but generally speaking, somewhere around there. Because I agree with you. Like I, I think the value play probably would be trading Stafford for two six, but yeah. then you're kind of left in a Jake scenario where you're sitting there and you're like, shit, I have a QB two to play. <laughs> All right, um, I'm down to end the episode here. Um, I got so, that. Oh, by the way, next week um, we're gonna be doing live mock draft. So, if you guys are interested in mocking uh, rookie mock, hit me up. We'll probably be mulling around in the beginning of next episode as well for if anyone wants a spot. But just trying to get some more variance from the mock drafts because we kind of know what all of uh, all of the other people on the pod here generally want to take but if you made it this far thank you so much for listening some thank you so much for watching really appreciate it we'll catch you next tuesday peace out have a good one see ya thanks guys